Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Screwed podcast. What's going on, everybody? Um, before we start, I did want to say something. If you're listening to this, because we've got a lot of followers right now, and if you're listening to this, it would mean a lot, and it would help the podcast a huge amount if you can go to either iTunes or Facebook or Spotify, leave us some reviews, like us, follow us. Uh, it helps boost our ratings on the show. So if you like us a lot, and you want to keep hearing us and everything like that, please go to iTunes and do all that. And much appreciated. Yes, and all our uh, new listeners, we want to say hey. Um, anybody out there, we've got a lot of followers, so I assume you guys are listening to us now. I can't be sure, maybe you just like in Facebook, who knows. But <laughs> Either way, I'm being liked, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like it too, yeah. But, we, yeah, we got our first overseas listeners this week, which... Uh, Makes me quite happy. I didn't think we were going to go across the globe, but we are. So, anyways, today's going to be, uh, we're going to talk about cryptids. Um, that's what today's episode is going to be on. We're going to talk about Bigfoot and Chupacabra and things like that. Um, but first, before we get into that, I wanted to tell you, Jason. Now, you know Lolita over there at uh, Little Secret Sex Shop, right? Love her. Right, right. Well, I was talking to her earlier this week, right? And uh, when we were talking, she told me she opened a new shop, man. She opened a shop right next to the adult novelty store. Right next to it. Really? I saw them building something there. Yeah, yeah. That's hers. And uh, now you remember, have you ever had a Jamba Juice, like where they make smoothies and juices and stuff like that? Of course. Okay. Well, she opened a shop just like that. It's a juice smoothie kind of shop. It, But she calls hers Bonk Juice. Really? Yeah, so she told me to come on down to Bong Juice and, you know, try it out. So I went down there, and I got to tell you, it was unbelievable. I had the uh, Johnny Man Milk smoothie. Mm. It, it's made with Johnny's Man Milk, the soy alternative to real milk. It's amazing. It was just thick, really? creamy, everything you'd want in a smoothie. And I mean, you know. Unbelievable. Not yeah. only that, but you can take the smoothies into the adult novelty store. Yeah. That's Lolita. She's right, right. absolutely brilliant. Brilliant mm-hmm. business mind. Would you compare the uh, man milk to like 2% or whole milk? Oh, it was whole. 
It was 100% hell. It was just so thick. It was so juicy. Hardy, really. Stuck with me for a while. Well, you know, I like I like to take your word on thick, creamy substances. You usually are right on the money. Oh, always. Always. You know, if I know one thing, it's about thick, hot man milk. Yep. There's you, nothing. You used nothing to be I a chef, about. didn't you, mm-hmm. Brian? I, I knew that was one of your main ingredients. Right, yeah, hot man milk. That, you know... I'm not going to give you the secret to my white wine sauce, but it did involve Johnny's man milk. I so what know. was that juice called again? Uh, the Bonk Juice is the place. Yeah, the Bonk Juice is the store. Because for me, getting a smoothie and a dildo, I mean, you go get a smoothie, some hot man's milk, then you go grab yourself a dildo, that's a whole day right there. I mean, I don't I'm, know I'm why, set why would you work all week to not do that on the weekend? <laughs> Correct. I'm set for the whole weekend right there. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just me. But uh, why don't you start us off today? Because I know you were uh, talking about Bigfoot and stuff like that earlier this week. And yeah. We are talking about. So you can uh, start us off some Bigfoot loving. Well, I just wa- I was wanting to read from, this book's called Everything You S- You Know Is Still Wrong. The author's name is Lloyd Pye. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty true. Everything you know is pretty much wrong. Uh... Lloyd Pye, he's basically, I wouldn't say famous, uh, you can look him up, YouTube and stuff like that, but he uh, talks about human beings being genetically modified. Mm. Basically, he, he don't call it, he's not a creationist right. or an evolutionist, he calls himself an interventionist. <laughs> an interventionist. He mm. coined something called the intervention theory. So basically, apes, right. uh, chimps, they have 48 chromosomes. Human beings have 46. Right, right. And what they're saying is that it doesn't happen naturally. Mm. Nature doesn't get rid of chromosomes. And now they actually have found where they, some, someone or something has taken mm. the second and third chromosome and fused them together. And they're saying this can't be done naturally. Well, you would think with evolution, and I'm no scientist by any means, so I don't know, and if anybody out there that's listening does know, please tell me, but you would think that since you're an evolved species, you would have more chromosomes. Right. <laughs> His whole thing against the evolution and Darwin, mm-hmm. Darwin, of course, is survival of the fittest. Right. Right. Which, right nowadays, we need that in the human race, but go on. But... Even Darwin, when he coined this theory, said there was, he absolutely expected it to be disproved. Right. He knew there were holes and flaws in his theory. Right. And, I mean, if you just think about it, survival of the fit, like, <laughs> well, Darwin, if it was survival of the fittest and we're just evolving, then right. why are we losing hair? Oh, yeah. Why can we not survive outside? We have to build shelter. Well, the only reason humans survive is because of our brain. We're smarter than every other animal. Right. Right. I mean, if gorillas were as intelligent as humans, Planet of the Apes would completely happen. Gorillas would take over because they're stronger, they're faster. Right. I mean, Absolutely. they would crush us. If they, were, if they had our intelligence, we would not be the it's dominant technology. Species. Yeah, technology is what saves us, yes. It's crazy. Um, Do you believe in Bigfoot, Brian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know what they are. I have a lot of yeah. theories on what they could be, but um, 
Yeah, I believe there's something out there. Too many people have seen them, and these seem like credible people. They don't seem like rattled drug addicts or no, anything. No, and it don't seem like <laughs> like these big Sasquatch creatures. Or it doesn't seem like they're trying to do humans any harm. No, in fact, they seem to try to stay the fuck away from us as much as possible. Right, and if you get near them, they start like throwing boulders and shit at people. Almost right. like just yeah. just go away. Well, that's what any animal would do. They're trying to defend themselves if they are an animal. Well, I would, but they're not. That yeah, I don't see like deer and shit throwing boulders though. Well, deers don't have opposable thumbs. No, that's true. An ape would throw a boulder. An ape would take a tree and beat you with it. I mean... <laughs> Rip your arms off. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I posted that on our Facebook page recently. There was a little thing. It was from uh, weirdhistory.com and it said that <clears throat> there was stories back in the day, basically, where these people said they saw these creatures come out of the woods um, down in Africa and South America and shit and beat the tribesmen's elephants. These giant creatures. They were like humans, but they could be. And most people just considered that a myth, like a cryptid, until they discovered that apes do exist. Right. 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 A lot of cryptids, they have discovered later on, wait, they're real. Like giant squids, they thought they were legend for forever. Right. No, there are giant squids. They found them. They thought gorillas were legend forever. They didn't think there was these huge monkeys that could stand upright and they did it. Well, come find out, no, gorillas are real. <laughs> and Bigfoot is probably real. It's just, see, where they see Bigfoot is out in the middle of nowhere. It's way away from humans. So these creatures probably don't like humans. And the only time you do see one running around is when they accidentally wander around humans. But then they try to get the fuck away as fast as possible. Right. And it's more like humans accidentally <laughs> run into them a lot of times. Because yeah. it's always out in the wilderness, usually right. away from society. Well, that's, that's the, the thing. Like, there's so many places on the earth where anything can exist. How would you ever know? Right. And on top of that, people say, the skeptics say, well, we've never found proof because we don't find skeletons or bones or anything. But look, elephants go to a burial ground. They all go to the same area to die. Because it's an elephant burial ground. Humans bury our dead. How do we know these Bigfoots say they don't live in caves somewhere out in the middle of nowhere right. and all their dead are in the cave? Then you wouldn't find any of them. Right. If they had like burial grounds. We we haven't dug up every single inch. Right. <laughs> like, it could be anywhere. And where they see... Maybe they're in... Maybe they cremate. Well, not only that, where they see these Bigfoots are like... Usually miles and miles away from civilization. Yeah. In a huge wilderness. How would you ever go grid by grid and find a bone from one of these animals? I mean, do you randomly walk there? I, I go in the woods all the time. I never find bones from animals, and I know there's deer in the woods. Right. But I don't just wander upon deer bones every day. No. Or rabbit bones no. or, you know. No, that's absolutely right. true. Right. I mean, I know there's wolves, but do you know how many times I've been in the woods and seen a wolf? Never. No. Nope. Right. Would love to. But I know they're there. There's like uh, Siberian tigers. Mm-hmm. I was watching like a Planet Earth uh, behind the scenes documentary of like how they take the show, mm-hmm. and they it, it took them like years. 
to get this shot, this photo of this tiger. You know what I mean? And like these dudes are literally crying. Like that's how rare and hard it is to find a tiger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let alone yeah, Bigfoot. Right. And then like even if you even if people <coughs> have found Bigfoot, maybe the videos that we see are real, they get discredited. Well, this is the thing. Okay, if you're standing, say, out on your porch, okay, and a Bigfoot is out in the distance, how much time do you really have to go grab your video camera and take a picture Right. before this thing runs off? A few minutes? A few right. seconds? Right. So, yeah, of course the shots are grainy. Of course, because this animal's not trying to stand there and pose for pictures. No. This isn't a zoo. <laughs> you're in its habitat. It senses danger. Its immediate thought is get the fuck away from whatever this is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to be out in the wild and take pictures of tigers. Mm-mm. Well, you could, but you'd only do it once. <laughs> I mean, you know, I go out in the woods all the time. How many times do you really see deer just dancing around and run through the woods? And even if you did see a deer... If he spotted you, would he stand there long enough for you to take wildlife shots of him? No, he's gone. No. That's why wildlife photographers hide. So the animal doesn't see them. Yeah, and a lot of them are just like motion cams now. Right. Yeah. Because animals aren't going to sit there and pose for a picture. They don't want to be anywhere near you. Because they're scared of you. Because they know, hey, this person could hurt me. Yeah, and it's very possible that these Bigfoot creatures are conscious... Maybe they're smarter than us. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they, they're going to see us coming. They're going to smell us coming. They're going to hear us coming. And they're just going to hide. Right. In their caves or wherever they're at. Right. Never going to find me. And I mean, even if they're not smarter than us, even if they're just regular animals, like say a primate that we don't know about. Say like an ape. They could be North American apes for all we know. Right. But say these creatures, you know are out there, okay, and everything, and say they're not intelligent, they're just an animal. But that goes back to the point I was just making. That animal's not going to stand there if you get near it and try to take a picture of it. It's going to get the fuck away from you. <laughs> right. It's like, as fast as possible. Bigfoot's not going to walk up, grab the phone, and take a right. selfie. Right. He's not going to stand there. awesome and if it is. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> I mean, if he's an animal, he's going to get as far away from you as possible. Right. Because... A, over our experiences with Bigfoot, obviously he's not an aggressive being most of the time. Most of the time they don't attack people. Yes. So, if they're a passive animal, a passive animal like a deer or a rabbit, they don't attack you, they run from you. So, if Bigfoot is passive like those animals, he's trying to get the hell away from you. Yeah, and maybe you're coming into his territory where maybe... He's got maybe his wife's pregnant, right? Uh, like if you come across like a bear in the wild in the wrong situation, he's just gonna attack you. Yeah, he's not gonna give you a forewarning to get no. get out. Yeah, if you go near a bear and it's his den, you're and done. His cubs are there. You're done. Or her cubs are there. I've seen the revenant. Yeah, you better get the fuck away from that bear. Right. But Bigfoot seems to like warn you. Yeah. I mean, almost all the uh, stories you know what I mean that I hear like. Something came flying at us, like almost like a warning shot. Like, like guys, yeah, get the fuck away from it. Right. 
I know who you are. You're in the wrong area. You, you know, need to go like, away. I can destroy you. Right. Like, I know you might have guns, but get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that brings us in perfectly here, Brian, to what I wanted to uh, re read out of this book. Well, first, let me. Lloyd Pye died in 2013. Oh, no shit. By the way, yeah. Um, but here's a quote that he wrote in the book. People 300 years ago thought the earth was the center of the universe. People right now believe that we are the biological center of the universe. <laughs> we're just as wrong today as they were then. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> but this is just a story. This book is all kinds of stuff, man. It talks about like hominid creatures that have walked upright. They have fossil evidence dating back like 3.5 million years ago. Well, I mean, they know for a fact there was Neanderthals. Right. And we just assume that because we evolved from Neanderthals, that Neanderthals went away. Right. But right. that's 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 a false assumption because you don't know 100%. that. How could we? How is it possible that you could not have cousin species? You can. Because if you think about it, there's different types of cats, there's different types of dogs, there's different types of monkeys. There could be all so, kinds of different hominids on the planet. Right. Why couldn't there be different hominids? Yeah, how how is it possible? Maybe we evolved from Neanderthals, but Neanderthals were still around, and they learned a long time ago to stay away from their cousins who will kill them. Right, right. And... and a lot of what, what Lloyd Pye is, is bringing, was bringing to the forefront is the genetic manipulation. Oh, yeah. Right? That we're just, yeah. we're just the most recent creation. That all these hominid species, maybe for millions of years, somebody has been genetically manip manipulating different species and placing them down here until finally they get what they want, which... Seems to be us, but I don't think that could be well, that's right. Well, that's a theory with UFOs, actually. Right. That we were, we're actually like a zoo or like an experiment by these aliens. They sure. placed us here like a, uh, kind of like a genetic experiment to see what would happen. And that's why they keep coming back and anal probing us. They're analyzing their experiment. Right. And that would make complete sense. <laughs> I mean, it really does. <laughs> right. It really does. And it's possible, like I said, I think I've said this in another episode, but it's possible that our race, <clears throat> our original race, was almost extinct on an alien planet. They brought us here as like a wildlife preserve. They made the earth like a huge wildlife preserve. Because it said God placed the animals on the earth and he placed humans here. Yep. So what if the aliens or the God placed all the animals and all of us here as a wildlife preserve to preserve the wildlife that's on their planet that was dying out? And then what happens is we spread. Logical sense. Of course. But they, well, and, they, well, that, and that would be, that they would want us to spread. Right. Yeah. The more that they get, here, obviously, the more that they can take back to wherever they we were originally from, which would explain a lot of disappearances. Right. Some people get abducted and never come back. 
Maybe they're taking them back to the home planet to populate it a little bit. Nothing's impossible. Well, that's the thing. Everything in this world should be questioned. Everything. Everything the government does, everything people do, everything should be questioned. If you're not questioning something, you're being complacent, and that's a horrible way to think. You're... You have to live your life questioning as a child. This is straight from Jesus' mouth, not mine. Right? Because he said, only a child can come to the kingdom. As a matter of fact, if you don't come to me as a child, you cannot enter the kingdom. That's what he's talking about. Right. Questioning. Right. Right? Belief. Always questioning. <coughs> Everything should be a mystery. Everything should be fun. You should always be seeking knowledge. Well, there are no absolutes in this world. No. Because of the fact everything we think we know, eventually we end up realizing is usually not exactly what we think it was. Right, right. Just like at one time, again going back to previous episodes, they would say this wall was solid. Well, now we know that it's actually a wave. See, but for years and years and years and years and years, physicists insisted that they were correct about this. And they knew no matter what, this was a, this. Was this. Mm-hmm. Now, are there laws to physics? Yes, but there's always something that can vary that law. Right. And and if you lock in to a certain paradigm, then all you're doing is trying to modify everything a little bit, you know what I mean, to fit it into your paradigm. And we lose information that way. Mm -hmm. That's how you brainwash people. That's how you program people. But this story, out of this book, the man, uh, the man's name we're talking about here, is named Albert Ostman. Yeah. Without question, the best classic hominoid encounter happened to Albert Ostman, a young Swede who immigrated to Canada in 1920. Hey, I don't know about that. To find work as a lumberjack. Hold on, I don't know about that, because I've had some pretty damn good hominoid encounters myself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Go on. I never had one that wasn't pleasant. <laughs> I always enjoyed it. But, anyway. Yes, please, I digress again. He said Lumberjack, Canada, 1920. The profits, which he used to finance prospecting trips into the backcountry of southern British Columbia, east of Vancouver Island. Lost gold mines were rumored to be hidden in that rugged country, (laughs) and intrepid young men like Albert Ostman occasionally went searching for them. Coincidental to the Eight Canyon incident, Osman's encounter also occurred in 1924. Hmm. Typically, after it happened, he told no. Typically, after it happened, he told no one for fear of being ridiculed. He kept silent for 33 years. You know what? I think I've heard part of this story once. Please go which on. strongly su- he quiet for 33 <coughs> years, which strongly supports his contention that he never intended to capitalize on it. Then, in 1957, he finally came forward after reading a published affidavit by Canadian William Rowe, who encountered a female Bigfoot in October of 55. After seeing Rowe's affidavit, Osman knew someone else had had an experience like his own, so he wrote Rowe that he had a similar similar story to tell. How do you know if it's a female? I'm assuming... assuming Would it have tell you would know... Any female from well, that. Well, no, I get that. It didn't have a big, big foot schlong. 
<laughs> playing I'm around. Saying, yeah, but did he get close enough to this thing to inspect the pussy? I, I think. I think actually. I mean, he'd as, have I to read, be as I read, as I read, oh, and we'll we'll figure that out. Oh, okay, good. I, well, uh, I, I'm glad somebody is getting to that point uh, because right, I was like, right. what the hell? How would you know? I mean, how close are you to this Bigfoot, man? What are you doing? Are you no, sure I, it's a Bigfoot, not a goat? I guess the way I always tell male for female is, I'm yeah, I'm looking for well, penis. Me too, but I mean, have you ever heard of a Bigfoot story where he just turned around and had like a six foot cop? I haven't. No, and it seems like we should. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. But anyway, please. Rose suggests that Osman put his story on paper, which he did, filling two spiral binders with a carefully penciled account. Osman's apparent and stated motive for finally speaking up was his desire to help solve the Bigfoot Sasquatch mystery just beginning to emerge, full-blown in America's Pacific Northwest and Canada's western provinces. The story created an immediate sensation for two reasons. First, he knew vastly more details about Bigfoot than anyone who had ever encountered him. He himself was so genuine. He was a plain-spoken, straightforward man who was well-read, extensively traveled, and understood the ridicule his story would generate and the negative negative effect it would have on his hard-earned reputation. Is this this Albert fellow? Yes. Okay. By the time he came forth, he was retired, owned his own property, had many good friends, and always shunned the publicity that later came his way. There is little doubt his motives were purely altruistic. Now, is he the one that said he saw a female, or is he the one that said he saw it? A regular Bigfoot. No, the fe- uh, the female was somebody else. The affidavit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He re- read a published affidavit by Canadian Will- William Rowe. So William Rowe saw the Encountered a Bigfoot in 55. Yeah, but okay, again, I'm still trying to figure out how this William Rowe guy knew it was a girl. Well, I mean, did well, it have tits? Well, I think, yes. Oh, okay, if it had boobs, then it would kind of make sense. And like I said, I, it talks about it later. Oh, okay. If, well, you, if you would just... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I'm, politely I'm, not interrupt me. I'm biting at the chomp, or I, chomping uh, at the bit. Or I, I get it. Yeah. It's an interesting topic and story. Well, yeah, I, was, I love your enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm trying. As for the degree of truth in what he said, any police procedure, procedural will attest that liars tend to confuse details when they tell fabrications over and over, particularly in long, complex tales. Even at his advanced age of 65, three decades after the event, Osman never faltered or got confused when relating the minutiae of his story. He had a marvelous eye for detail and a clear memory to support it. This held true even when he was questioned by a physical anthropologist and a veterinarian both primate experts. They asked him numerous questions about primate physiology that would have only one correct answer, while several, several other answer, answers would seem equally feasible but would be wrong. Osman answered all their queries perfectly. Later he was interrogated by a magistrate who specialized in making people crack under the pressure of persistent antagonistic questioning, what some people call the third degree. Under that pressure, the old man never gave an improbable reply, never offered an uncalled-for elaboration, never gave an unrequested fact that did not have a logical place in the picture. Most importantly, he produced information that was not then known in any hominoid literature, but which has since been corroborated by other witnesses. In short, Osman told the truth. 
In Osman's penciled account, he first explains why he took his prospect prospecting trip. Then he goes into detail about the supplies and equipment he took. A key element was three tins of snuff, a finely powdered form of tobacco. You know what snuff is? Brian? Oh, yeah. Have you ever done snuff? Um, the well, worst mistake I ever fucking made well, in my see, life. see, this is the funny part about snuff. We thought when we got snuff that you were actually supposed to sniff it like cocaine. And we did. Yeah, that's right. Of our nose. But you're not. You're supposed to dip it like dip. Yeah, you're supposed to put it in your jaw. I found this out wow. years later, and I thought you were supposed to sniff it up your nose, and I did that. I got all the time. Tricked. Where I worked at before, uh huh. We sold these fucking cans of snuff when I first started working there. A couple of guys that worked there said, "Oh man, you got to join the snuff club." You sniff it up your nose too. Like, what the hell, snuff? And they're like, "Oh yeah, come here." Well. One of the dudes fucking put it on his hand and he snuffed it up his yeah. nose. And he was fine. Yeah, it'll make you die, dude. It burns. So I did it. Yeah, I've done it too many yeah, times. Worst mistake. I yeah, dude, it, it burns. felt like something blew right through the back of my fucking head. <laughs> yeah. And it'll fuck you up. It was up. about three, four minutes later when I finally stopped crying. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, I ought to beat it, your ass. Dude, it feels like you sniff cayenne pepper. It I, really does. And you know what's funny? Yeah, that was incredible. This is how much of a moron I used to be. I did it the first time. And that, for you, that was enough. No, not me. I used to do it all the time because I thought you it got was hooked. cool. You got hooked. Up. Well, I was a smoker. I'd sniff some snuff, smoke some I don't, Dude, it was the worst feeling I ever had in my life <laughs> that I ever remember having in my whole life. <laughs> I don't know. The first time I did coke, my head felt like it was going to explode. Well, uh, it's because it was probably crack, but... No, I digress. It was cocaine, I promise. It was powder. Um, where were we? I don't Snuff. know. Snuff. But, yeah, Snuff, so yeah. we're back. That's a key element to Osman Supplies. Yeah. Three cans of Snuff. It's going to come back. I'm assuming he did come back. it correctly, like in his lip, like you're supposed to. Well, I'm sure <laughs> like an adult. Yeah. So, he's got the Snuff. On the rock-strewn shore I've had some of a sheltered inlet, he chose a good site, set up camp, laid out a sleeping bag. During the first three nights, he noticed there were disturbances around his camp while he slept. But he was a heavy sleeper and had not seen the culprit, which he assumed was a porcupine or a raccoon. Fucking porcupines get blamed for everything. <laughs> the fourth night... I can't believe this dude's a heavy sleeper sitting on a rock dude. in a bank in a sleeping bag. Just like, it's cool, guys. No shit. I sleep like hell on this I rock. I got a fucking sleep number Tempur-Pedic. I know, dude. You know, that's what I'm saying. People used to be a lot rougher back then. And I can't sleep for shit. Dude, people back then were some rough motherfuckers, dude. Them prospectors, they would go sleep in caves under the ground for weeks and months at a time. I mean... Just Dig their own fucking holes. Porcupines and raccoons like walking around <laughs> him and fucking pissing on and him. And he's just sleeping. Ah, it's cool. It's fine. Disturbance. Yeah, no big deal. Didn't even wake up. But those were the first three nights, Ryan. Yeah. The fourth night. This is where you gotta fucking really buckle down and start listening. Because the fourth night he was asleep in his bag. When he suddenly found himself being lifted off the ground. By the time he fully regained his senses, he was wedged tight at the bottom of the bag, <laughs> being hauled away like a sack of toys on Santa's back. Oh yeah, they were going to eat his motherfucker. Jostling ass. against him was his camp sack with his stores, 
So whatever was stealing him was taking his supplies too. And because he had heard Indians talk about what they called Sasquatches, giant hair-covered people who lived deep in the forest, he assumed one of those was what had him. He could hear his captor breathing hard and occasionally coughing as it lugged him up a steep mountainside. Yeah, because you he was out of shape. Osman was out of shape at the time. That's why they're fucking having a hard time hauling him. He could feel himself rise with every step. He calculated he was in the bag for about an hour. And by then he was barely getting enough air and suffering terrible cramps in his legs and feet from their awkward positions at the bottom of the bag. Hold on, hold on, stop. Does he ever actually see this thing? We're getting there. Oh, okay. Finally, though. Because I was like, this kid, at this point, this could be a bear. Yeah. This could be anything, anything. dragging you up the fucking got him hour. for an hour. Right. It could be a bear dragging you He's away. He's cramping. He's hurting. An hour? Like yeah, I, that'd be a bitch. It sucks driving a Indy. Like, in my, Although, I got you know fucking what? heated leather seats and, you if know it, what I mean, AM, FM. If it was a big black bear, it could probably drag him all the way through there, no problem. Grizzly? Absolutely. Can, well, oh, a grizzly yeah. might pick you up, carry you there, and do it. Throw you, yeah, or an or an ape, yeah, or a, yeah, yeah. They could drag you easily for an hour, no problem. So he's he's cramping, he's hurting his bottom back. Finally, though, about an hour, he and his camp sack were put on the ground, and slowly, painfully, slowly and painfully, he crawled out. It was still dark, so he couldn't see what had had him, but he could smell them and hear them moving in the darkness, continually chattering, and what he heard was four distinct voices. He finally asked them what they wanted with him, which brought more chattering, but nothing he could understand. Finally, it became light enough for him to see them. An old man, an old lady, a girl, and a boy. All covered with hair and wearing no clothes. The old man seemed to be trying to explain what he had done, while the old lady seemed to be very angry at him for doing it. Now that sounds like humans. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like Neanderthals. Even fucking Bigfoot can't do anything right. Osman could also see he was in a roughly 10-acre basin surrounded by high mountains. It had only one opening, a V-shaped notch, about 8 feet wide, opposite from where he and his supplies had been deposited. As soon as he could see that, he started planning how to get away, but he could also see he was much too far from it to make a break and run. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you for a second. See, this is what I think, real quick, just based on what you said. I think this Bigfoot dude was walking around the woods, had seen Olsman out there, right? Then came out there the second I saw him again. He's thinking to himself, now, Bigfoots are probably, from everything I've read, they're probably vegetarians. Because they never say they attack humans or try to eat anybody or anything like that. Right. So they're probably vegetarians. But the thing is, <clears throat> which would again make sense if they're Neanderthals because they don't know how to use fire. So a vegetarian would be the only thing they could be. <laughs> right. Right. So, but anyways, he sees this guy laying out there for two days, right? He's probably thinking to himself, look, I can bring a pet home for the kids, like a dog. He's probably like, it's like a stray dog to him. So what he does is he just nabs the dog. Like, you pick up a stray and he brings him home. The wife sees him and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, it's a right. pet for the kids. And she's like, no, motherfucker, no. You can't bring humans here. Get him out of here. Right. What the fuck are you doing? Right. Get him back. 
Better yet, we talked about <laughs> this and we said no pets. Yeah, we said no humans in the cave. You know what I'm Get saying? Get them out. I know they, the kids said they'll take care of it, but they're not going to. Right. I'm going to have to let it out in the fucking morning and clean up all its shit. Yeah, and if I don't watch him, he'll run off. <laughs> but guys never listen. You know, fucking assholes. Damn Bigfoot. I know. But where was I? That you were talking, he's going to make a break for it. Even worse, he found his captor's home was close to the opening. It was a shelf in the mountain with an overhang of rock that was like an undercut in a tree. Ten feet deep, thirty feet wide. The proximity of that home area to the single opening dimmed his immediate prospects for escape. So basically, it was a little carved out area in the rock. Yeah. 10 feet <coughs> deep, 30 feet wide. Pretty big. Yeah. Well, not huge, not by house standards, but yeah, it's about the size of, say, a one room cabin or something. Yeah. Soon Ospin realized his captors were not out to do him harm, but were inviting him in a crude way to stay with them. Right. That's what he was, a pet. He began to organize his new campsite, first taking an inventory of the supplies the old man had brought along. He found most things there, including enough food to last about a week. He also found the three tins of snuff. The boy and girl watched him from nearby as he worked, more out of curiosity than to keep him in place. Right. Back to your pet theory. Right. He figured there must be water in the basin and went looking for it, finding a spring nearby. He got a canful and, and amazed all four captors by making a fire with the matches in his supplies. Then he made coffee and ate. So that goes back to you saying they don't know about fire. Right. If they were Neanderthals. That's why they're amazed. That's what the difference between us and Neanderthals was one of the main differences. We learned how to harness and create fire and build the wheels and start doing technology. Neanderthals stayed right where the fuck they were. Just hunter-gatherers. Except every single story that's been told says that we were given fire. Well, yes. But even if we were given fire, the thing is we knew how to harness it. They couldn't. Right. So, of course, if Bigfoots are Neanderthals, they would be vegetarians. It would just make sense. Any technology ever since, humans do exactly with it what they do with fire. They fuck up everything and destroy it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the next day, so so basically Osman's now doing human shit, right? Mm -hmm. Amazing these beings. The next day, Osman packed and tried to leave. The old man lifted his hands and gestured for him to go back. Among his supplies was a 30-30 rifle. I don't know anything about rifles. What's the 30-30? Like a 30 odd? It's, it's a big rifle. Big rifle? Yeah, well, bigger. But he had only six shells. And his captors were so big, he was not sure he could kill them all with six shots. <laughs> Probably not with ten. So I've he, heard Bigfoots take some shots and keep growing. And I'm not going to shoot nothing anyways. What is he? Why would he even think that? Because if you shot this, even if you killed one of them, you got three that'll rip your fucking heads off. The kids could have killed him. Not to mention the big bitch. So, I mean, even if you killed both the parents, then you got to deal with 
still children that are twice your size and stronger than you. Two of them. What a huge dilemma, though. I mean, dude, your best bet. You're basically being held captive by a Bigfoot family. No, your your best bet is just to wait till they go to sleep. Right. And walk away. Right. But I'm saying if you have a rifle, it's going to cross your mind. It wouldn't cross my mind because I'm not irritating animals that are the size of fucking houses. Well, plus you're. Seven foot tall creatures. The size You're an gorilla. experienced Bigfoot captive, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah. You've had plenty of instances, yeah. and you know how you would react. Of course I do. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bigfoot, Big Bubba, I mean, whatever. I can't, we, I I mean, can't we, honestly say at this point that I wouldn't have already shot these motherfuckers. Hey, look. And either they'd be dead or I would, but fuck it. I'm not li- I'm not playing house. Look, that guy is my... goddamn pet. Look, we just, look, it wasn't a real Bigfoot, Jason. That's the thing. That guy in my cell, we just nicknamed him Bigfoot because he had a huge cock. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I know Bigfoot intimately. I mean, yes, we cuddled occasionally, but that's as far as I went, damn it. Oh, man. Hey, look, when you're lonely and you're in prison, things have to come on. I love your honesty, too, because... Sometimes it's just I like... I mean, you could have said we nicknamed him Bigfoot because he liked monster trucks, but you just came right out with it. Just, well, you should see him piss, dude. It was scary sometimes. He asked me if I wanted the bottom bunk. I'm like, no way in hell. I can just see rolling over looking up at a huge <laughs> anaconda right there. <laughs> well, good morning, guys. <laughs> see the boys are chipper today. <laughs> he really is a sweet guy at heart, though. Bigfoot was. Yeah. Can we get back to the story, please? Well, I was trying, but you keep interrupting with your fucking dick stories. The next day... <laughs> so, anyway, he's, gonna, he's thinking about shooting these motherfuckers, but he, he rethinks his plans. <laughs> the next day, the old lady left the enclosure, was gone all day, gathering grass and twigs and all kinds of spruce and hemlock and some kind of nuts that grow in the ground. The boy, who could scale the canyon's rock walls with as much agility as a mountain goat... Yeah, good idea to shoot this thing. ...offered him a stem of grass with a long, sweet, edible root. Not to mention the kid's giving him food and shit. Like, real nice. Real good kid. Yeah, this motherfucker's plotting to fucking murder these motherfuckers. He's being kind to this dude. They're treating him as good as you can treat a pet. Osman ate ate the root and in return gave the boy... A snuff tin with a teaspoon of snuff in it. Damn snuff, man. Shit's potent. The boy tasted that and then took the remainder to the old man who promptly licked it clean. While waiting for a chance to escape, Osman studied his captors carefully. He described the old lady as a meek old thing, the boy as quite friendly, and the girl's chest as flat as the boy's, no development like young ladies. The boy was between 11 to 18 years old, about 7 feet tall, weighing 300 pounds. His chest would be 50 to 55 inches, waist 36 to 38 inches. (coughs) He had wide jaws, a narrow forehead that slanted upward, round at the back, and 4 to 5 inches higher than the forehead. Keep in mind that when his encounter occurred, Albert Osman was an experienced lumberman who made part of his living by visually calculating 
the girths of trees and weights of logs. Damn. So his estimates in this regard can be considered highly reliable. Okay, hold on. Now, I just want to point out again something. You just described this beast, and that's the boy. That's the little one. 11, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not the old one or the mama. No. So this thing is 7 foot tall, 300 pounds. Can scale rock walls like a mountain goat. You have six shots in a 30-30, and your idea is to shoot these things? Nah. It was just an idea, though, and he rethought it. Yeah, yeah, I would have rethought it immediately. My damn self, look at this thing. You're talking, okay, even if six shots, shit. Six shots wouldn't take down the kid. No. No. No, he'd eat him. Yeah. You would shoot him once, and Daddy would smash you like a bug. <laughs> Man. Boop. That's done. Yeah, it'd be an awkward situation. You'd be dead immediately. He'd see break you in half and throw your remains across the valley. Unless Bigfoot's practice forgiveness, like actual forgiveness. If you shot one of them, that thing would backhand you so hard it would be like a tree smashing your face off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right. You're dead. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just saying. Like so far in the story, they seem like lovely people. Well, this is the thing. They're treating him as a pet. He is their pet. And they're treating him pretty damn decent, so don't be pissed off. I mean, do these people never sleep? Is there not a time you can stay awake? I know that it's really hard to stay awake when you're in this huge, uncomfortable situation, guy. And I know you sleep really well in weird places like rocks. Right, he's a real deep sleeper, bro. Right. So I understand you must have had narcolepsy or something, but, but you couldn't just stay awake like, for just a little while like while the Bigfoot's ass out. His only escape would he'd have to go right through him, right by him. <laughs> where they got where they got him? He only has one, one escape through that. Narrow, oh, and that's that narrow where they're up. sleeping. Yes. So he would have to basically tiptoe around these motherfuckers to get yes. out. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, that that yeah. would be rough. You don't want fucking old man fucking sleepwalking. No. Fucking pissed off, you know what I'm I saying? mean, I would just start walking towards the thing. They hadn't tried to stop him from leaving yet. He never really tried to leave. Yeah, it said it said earlier he did. Oh, and they just stopped him? Old man raised his hand to get back. Oh. Yeah. Like, you can't leave, bitch. You ain't leaving, motherfucker. Right. Yeah, because that's their dog. Of course you don't want the dog so, to leave. Anyway, the boy, we've, we've described the boy. The hair on all their heads was about six inches long. Right. The hair on the rest of their body was short and thick in places. The old lady's hair on the forehead had an upward turn like women have. They call it bangs nowadays. The old lady could have been anything between 40 to 70 years old. She was over seven feet tall and would be about five to 600 pounds. She had very wide hips and a goose-like walk. She was not built for beauty or speed, and she really needed a brazier. Her chest, her chest were as big as kegs. Jesus, that's why earlier I was kind of wanting you to, you were jumping to how the hell do they know she's female? Because she's got fucking beer kegs hanging from her chest. That's how we know. You know what? (laughs) I have this friend (laughs) named Paul, and he's dated that person. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Next episode, Paul's coming on. Cave chest? Yes, he's dated a woman, looked exactly like that. He bring her in one night, and she, oh my God. 
I don't know really what to say. Have you? Okay, imagine Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars. But with, in fact, his voice too, but with long hair, greasy long hair, mind you. And just a stench about them that you would imagine Jabba would smell like. Maybe like Bigfoot might. Yes, right. Like. That would. That's where it comes. Yeah. That, well, that's as it says here in Osman's story, she was not built for beauty or speed. Neither was this one. So, the old man he described as having eye teeth longer than the rest of his teeth. Yeah, like this. Like what? But I not have. long enough to be called tusks. Right. He must have been near eight feet tall. God. Big barrel chest. Big hump on the top of his back with powerful shoulders. His biceps on his upper arms were enormous and tapered down to his elbows. His forearms were longer than ordinary people have, but well proportioned. His hands were wide, <laughs> the palms were long and broad, and hollow like a scoop. His fingers were short in proportion to the rest of his hand. His fingernails were like chisels. If he were to wear a collar, it would have to be at least 30 inches. Jesus Christ! The only place without hair was inside their hands and the soles of their feet, and the upper part of their nose and eyelids. I never saw their ears because hair hung over them. I have no idea what size shoe they would need. I studied the young fellow's foot one day when he was sitting down, and the big toe was longer than the rest and very strong. All he needed was footing for his big toe, and he could climb anywhere. To sit, they turned their knees out and came straight down. To rise, they came up without help of hands or arms. They always seemed to do things for reasons, wasting no time on anything they didn't need to do. When they weren't looking for food, the old man and the old lady were resting, but the boy and girl were always climbing something or, have, or having some other exercise. Osman then describes how they ate, saying he never saw them eat meat or do any kind of cooking but they did wash all vegetable foods before eating them. By then, however, another day had passed, and the old man had been intrigued enough by the snuff to start moving closer to Osman's camp area. He would watch as Osman took pinches off his snuff, but he kept his distance. On the sixth day, Osman's food was low, and he realized he had to escape soon or else. By then, the old man and the boy would watch his morning routine from only 10 feet away, so as he made his morning coffee, he started working on his plan. After breakfast, he took his usual dip of snuff, then offered the nearly full remaining tin to the old man, mm. who eagerly took it. Then, as Osman hoped, instead of taking a pinch, he swallowed it all in mm. one big gulp. Mm. Fucking snuff. Then he pumped his ass tin. off. Yeah, well, that's what he's about to do. After a few minutes... His eyes began to roll over in his head. He was looking straight up, and I could see he was sick. Then he grabbed my coffee can that was cold by then and emptied it in his mouth, grounds and all. That did him no good either. He stuck his head between his legs, rolled forward away from me. Then he began to squeal like a stuck pig. <laughs> like deliverance. <laughs> I grabbed my rifle and got ready for him to rush me, but he headed for the spring, wanting water. 
<clears throat> I started putting what I had left in my pack sack while the young fellow ran over to his mother. She began to squeal as I left for the opening in the wall. She came after me, so I fired a shot over her head. That shot was enough to discourage her. She turned back to care for her stricken mate while Osman... That shot was enough to discourage her. She turned back to care for her stricken mate, strick, her stricken mate while Osman ran downhill as fast as he could. When he finally came to a logging camp, he told them he was a prospector who had gotten lost, not mentioning what had happened because he felt they would think he was crazy. Well, who wouldn't? Understandably, that was his last prospecting trip. Oh, yeah, that'd be my last trip any fucking where. Fuck that. I'd never go out there again. I'd be like, no. You know what? I'll go do something else for life. How crazy is that? Mm. Well, that'd be cool as hell to see. If I mean, that but. story's true. And, like you said, he's pretty reliable. There's no reason for him to lie. And plus, he tried to shy away from publicity. So, a person who's trying to make money off of that, and he didn't make any money off this story, they're not going to shy away from publicity. You know, people who lie or who make up shit, they want the publicity. That's the whole point. I mean, look at the fucking Amityville people. They begged for publicity. And DeFeo's, I mean, Ronnie DeFeo, who actually killed his family in that house, that was horrible, okay? And maybe he heard demons, maybe he was schizophrenic, who the fuck knows? But there was something wrong with DeFeo, truthfully. I mean, he was fucking his sister, for God's sakes. But the family that moved in afterwards and said the place was haunted and all that, it's pretty much been proven that that whole story was bullshit. You know what I'm saying? The Lutzes, they've pretty much proven the Lutzes were lying bitches. But they wanted the publicity. They were begging for it. Right. This guy, he's he's like, no, I don't want to be interviewed. No, I don't want to talk about it. 33 years later. No. 33 years later, <laughs> right? When he, Right. He's retired, nothing. Right. He, then he says something about He finally it. knows that I have nothing to lose. Right. Right. At this point, what does it matter if people laugh at me? But, but these creatures, like, literally took this guy in. Yeah, he was their dog. He was their pet. They treated him like a wild pet, like you would find a stray dog and took him in. So Fed him and shit. I mean, him like a little they're dog. obviously humongous creatures. Hairy. Well, they're like probably, like described. I said, they're probably Neanderthals. That yeah. makes, that's pretty much the exact description of a Neanderthal. It makes sense. I mean, if you look at the description of Neanderthals and what they were, and then you look at the description he just gave, that's pretty much a Neanderthal. It's a huge, big, tall humanoid that's semi-intelligent. You know what I'm saying? And they have hair all over them. Although, you Maybe know what I... the Nephilim. You know what I was thinking? This is the funny part. My mind goes to weird places, but you said also that, like, the cake jugs thing? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking to myself, look, then maybe he described the man, but he left one important part out. If you're eight foot tall, I don't give a damn how much hair you got on you, just proportion-wise alone. He's eight foot tall, got these long legs, long arms, huge hands, huge feet. I mean, come on. That motherfucker probably has a cock the size I, of my whole arm. It seems like it would have came up yeah. in conversation. You think he would have mentioned that Grandpa Sasquatch had a giant schlong? I mean, because you would have to see it. I mean, even bears, and bears are extremely hairy animals. If a bear stands up on two feet, you see his cock. It's hanging right there. 
dogs are hanging right there. I mean, I wonder if the uh, maybe he has. I wonder any. if they had sex. I wonder if the uh, yeah, that's old man. And the old well, lady. I mean, obviously they had sex. They had two little kids. Well, I mean, in front of Osman. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Seems like he would have mentioned that. Yeah, he was mounting her from behind. He mentioned the size of her tits, but he doesn't right. mention the cock. I don't. Right. And the way he said they uh-huh. lowered themselves and raised from the ground like, like that, that, that would be some wild sex. Think about that. The way they lowered and bend their fucking knees like joints. Oh, dude. Dude, that'd yeah. be some wild positioning, baby. Absolutely. Boy, that'd be some wild Sasquatch loving, baby. Deep, deep Sasquatch. And telling the big jugs just to swing that, and you know the sound would wake you up. You would hear it. It'd be like, bang, boom, boom. Just their titties bouncing. Oh, yeah, they're not. Yeah, two it's, cakes. It's not going to be quiet. Yeah, you would hear that for miles. Imagine taking two giant cakes and, and slamming them together. And they obviously are loud because the tennis snuff made him squeal like a stuck yeah. pig. So, you know, yeah, if they were having sex, you'd hear her squeal like a stuffed pig while two big, cranking cakes are going, boom, boom. I don't know how we get on these topics. Oh, I'm just saying, two miles away, you you got a logging camp. They're going, you hear that again? Don't mind that, Jim. That's just the two Sasquatches fucking. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool, Jim. That's just. We hear that about once a week. Yeah. Twice if the old man gets lucky. Yeah. (laughs) They get some of that licorice root in them, damn. It's like, bam, 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 bam. I can't believe how quickly. Bigfoot got hooked on snuff, though. Yeah, he was on it, boy. I'm telling you, man, that shit is brutal. It's a good thing he didn't have some... Fucking brutal. It's a good thing he didn't have some weed. He'd have been tripping Bigfoot all the way the fuck out. But think about it. What if he didn't have the snuff? (laughs) What if he had shrooms? Oh, if he didn't have the snuff, he'd he'd have died there. He'd have never got away. Well, but that's... At what point... (laughs) There has to come a point, then, where you're you're literally make the decision that you're going to have to empty these six shells. Right? Oh, yeah, at a certain point, he had no choice. Or, you just accept your new life. Yeah, you have As Bigfoot's pet. Right. And hope that they no, die soon, I guess. I, I don't mean, know. At a certain point, yeah, you would have to fire shots, hope to scare him enough to get the fuck out of there. But he would have had to run like a motherfucker and keep firing as he went. So, like you said, the six shots ain't gonna do shit. Well, no, he would... Uh, he would have to shoot one and maybe that startled the rest of them enough to stay away from him so he'd get the fuck on. you just have to headshot them when they're asleep. You'd have to headshot. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're asleep, man. You could have... Six shells, you could have shot them each in the head once. And uh, even if it didn't kill them, it would have stunned them enough that you could have got the fuck away. But I, I, feel, I feel like, though, like, these Bigfoots are going to hear anything that's creeping around. While they're sleeping. So Osman tries to sneak out, you know what I mean? Like they're going to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm trying to figure out. Because they're not deep sleepers like Osman. I mean, what I'm trying to figure out is this dude's dragging him for an hour. You're telling me there was nothing. Carrying him. Right. No, they said dragging the boat. No, carrying him. Lifted him off the ground. Oh, yeah, carrying him. Right, for an hour. For an hour. Right. But, okay. Didn't this dude have anything sharp in his bag? It's a sleeping bag, man. You didn't have a knife, a fork, anything you could have used in that hour to try. I think I would have took a pot. He couldn't get a coffee of them, though. He's well, even if you're cramped down, I would have wrenched around and tried to find anything, anything metal that would have ripped across that bag 
enough to snag that bag a little bit, I'd have got out, dude. Dude, but don't you think fucking old man's gonna know when you drop out of the bag? He's maybe, gonna turn around and snatch you the fuck up. Hey, maybe, but you know what? That's a fighting chance, goddammit. Mm. I'm not gonna just sit there and get drugged for an hour. Or carried for an hour. You also like said that you also said that there was no way you would empty those six shells. So I, I don't know. Would you survive or would you not? I don't get it. Uh, I would have just accepted it. I would have just chilled. Me too. I feel yeah. like I would have chilled. Yeah, I would have let him bring me food, and I'd have been their pet. Because being a pet actually isn't that bad of a deal. I'm not gonna lie. There probably would have came a time where I would have used the snuff as blackmail bait to fill those tits, I, those kegs. Oh, well, yeah. wait for the little Bigfoot girl to get a little older, a few more years. I mean, that big. Oh, you got I, yourself I, I, a young Bigfoot. I got Make a question. yourself a whole new if species. If they're that big, are they real? I just want, you know what I mean? Maybe there's Maybe. some Bigfoot plastic uh, fucking surgeon out there. I'm telling you what, me, if I'd been taken in that situation, later on there would have been a hybrid. Because eventually I would end up nailing the daughter and getting her <laughs> And it would have been... You'd have had Bigfoot human hybrids running around the fucking woods. You would. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you just give up. Somebody would have got film of Brian's hybrid Bigfoot child, and everybody would be like, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hybrid Bigfoot ain't real. That ain't fucking real. Uh, no. There is no way Brian Candy can knock up a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny? People that know me would say, if anybody could, Brian <laughs> I know. I have so many I, it's uh, got, I mean, I guess you just got to thank God that none of them has gotten pregnant. Yeah, no Bigfoots. Not today. <laughs> Never seen one. What, what, what else you got, Brian? What else you got for us? Well, what else you want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, we've been going an hour. So we might just do this one just on Bigfoots. I mean, we say cryptids and we did Bigfoots, and that was an hour long. So, I mean, we could just, uh, like, trail it off here. I mean, I guess I could talk about my one experience if you wanted me to. Yeah. Well, Where was that at? It was in Mississippi, man. I was I was living in Mississippi, and I was going through a place Where called... Where at Mississippi? Uh, deep well, south? or Yeah, way deep south. Um, this was about an hour from Biloxi, north. So we're in the swamp. Um, a little north of it, but yeah. Okay. Right around that area. There was swamps around me, but... Um, what year is this? Uh, let's see. This would have been... Let's see, I've been back 11 years, so 2008 probably? 2009? Okay. Um, but yeah, I was living in Mississippi, and I live down in the middle of the woods in a little town called McLean, which really shouldn't even be a town. It's like... They, <laughs> when I first got there, little backstory, there was literally one store in this whole fucking town. There was a little tiny, like, kind of a grocery store there, and then there was this one gas station, convenience store, which was the convenience store, the movie rental place, and the restaurant, and everything for the whole fucking town. Right, they have right, right. It they was, got one store, one stop shop for so that the people that live there could like kind of act like they were part of society, <laughs> but they really weren't. Okay. Well, the funny part we was gotcha. this was also a dry county, which I did not know existed till I got to Mississippi. Because I'm from up north, you know. I'm from Cle- I was born in Cleveland, and then 
I, you know, lived in Indiana. That wasn't and, torture enough. No. And then I've, I've, I've went to New York City in places, but yeah, there's no dry counties in New York. There's no dry counties in Florida. You have a dry county <laughs> in a town with one store that has your basic survival needs. Right. So basically you're living where dreams go to die. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I, li- I didn't live in the town, though. You went through the town to the highway. Then you went down the highway okay. to a dirt road. Then you turned on the dirt road, which was called McLeod Loop, which was basically out in the middle of nowhere, and I lived out in the woods. Oh, wow. So, anyways. So, me and my ex-wife are actually going to a place called Loosedale. So, Loosedale, you would come out of where I lived and go back down that highway that I was talking about. Now, you could go down that highway to another highway, and it would take you into Loosedale. Or... You could go down a dirt road called Merrill Swamp, and it was a dirt road that literally went through a swamp. But if you went down the dirt road and went through the swamp, you cut your uh, time in like over half getting to lose that. So it's worth it going through the swamp. You know, 100%. Right. So anyways, we're going through the swamp. So we're driving through the swamp, driving through the swamp, driving through the swamp. All of a sudden... In my headlights, because it was nighttime, in my headlights, there was, I don't know what you describe it, I guess a creature of some type. I've only seen it once in my life, and I swear to God to this day, I'm not really entirely sure what the fuck it was. <laughs> it was, to describe it, it was sitting in the middle of this dirt road, in between woods on each side. Because we're in the swamp. Nothing around for miles but right. woods, swamp, gators. And you. And us. And you driving right. through. Right. So this thing was in the middle of the road. Now, it had either no legs or very, very small legs. One of the two. It had a really long body and it was a little bigger. It was between the size of a miniature dachshund and a full-size dachshund. Dog. Okay. So to give you kind of a reference of how big this thing was. When the headlights hit it, it stopped. It was military crawling, like on its elbows, okay? It had elbows, and it would put its elbow down, join it at the elbow, and it would pull itself along the ground on its elbows while dragging its lower body across. Its lower body was long and slender, really long and slender body, with these huge elbow-jointed wings, with things on its elbows that it could pull itself with. It turned to look at me, and it kind of looked like a cross between a bat and maybe like a pug dog. You know how pug dogs have the smashing faces? It looked like a bat and a pug dog. But it had a bat face, but it kind of looked like a pug dog. Yeah. It literally tilted up on its butt off of the ground, like in a standing up position. So if you stood up a wiener dog, that's about how tall this thing was. So it's almost as tall as the hood of my car. I can see its head above the hood of my car. Right. In one motion, it extended its wings, flapped straight down, shot straight up in the air, and took off like a plane, like a glider, just whoosh. One motion up, it flapped its wings one more time and took off like a jet up into the air. And gone was it. I don't know to this day what the hell it was, but me and her both saw it. And we were both completely sober when it happened, too. I knew that was going to be your question. What was I smoking? But I was... Well, no. I 
I mean, I did say that we lived across from the Naturally, assuming farm. the uh, location <laughs> that you described, I, yeah, we, maybe meth. I thought maybe <laughs> he was probably cooking meth, but, I mean, that's... Uh, no, not us, but our neighbors. <laughs> that's crazy, though. A winged creature. Yeah, yeah. Army crawling yeah. across the road. Yeah. I have never... I, I still don't know what it was. I mean, it was something, though, because I seen it. I would have never believed it if someone described it to me. I would have said, you're full of shit. There's no right, 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 right. But, yeah, I saw it, so I know it was real. And like I said, me and him were both completely sober. Yeah, it could be anything. Well, it, I thought maybe it's just a bat, but I've never seen a bat, A, that big, and I've never seen a bat without feet. And this thing, as right. far as I could tell, didn't have legs. If it did, they were very, very short. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like a, you're a, a fucking flying snake. Yeah, almost like a flying long snake. Yes, that's crazy. But the weird thing was is how it flew too. It just like one flap, and it was like a helicopter. It just went up and it hovered right with its wings out, and then it like turned in the air and flapped again like this, like pushed backwards and just took off. And I've never seen anything fly like that. In fact, I don't even think that's aerodynamically possible. Wow. Yeah, I would if if I didn't know I was sober, then I would have thought I was tripping. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell was that?" And I to this day I've never seen a thing like that again ever. And, right. and I've tried to find out what it is. And I don't know. The closest thing was that ahul thing, but or asshole or what agul or afu. Yeah, the fuck it is. Yeah, big monster bat. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, that's what it sounds like you're describing. Yeah, a humongous <laughs> bat. Yeah. And maybe there are out there. It just it's just hard to find. Like you said, you're in the fucking swamp. Oh, yeah, you're in yeah. the middle of nowhere. It just happened to come across it at that time. Well, you, you and when I was in that swamp, I used to see tons of stuff though. Like, you would see gators, like normal animals, you'd see them all the time. Like, you would just be driving down Merrill Swamp, like, during the middle of the day. Right. And there would literally be a gator laying in the middle of the road and sunbathing, just sitting there. And he would, and you'd stop your car, and he'd look at you, just like you're in his area. Like, what, motherfucker? You are in his area. Right. But he looks at your car like, what, motherfucker? Right. Yeah, like, I'm going to move. And then you got to honk at it. And kind of room, room, and once you do that, then he gets motivated, gets up, looks at you again, like "fuck you," and walks off. But yeah, they get shitty, dude. I had a family of fours yeah. one time. I swear to God, I was in Merrill Swamp, same swamp. There was a family of wild pigs, a family of boars, and this daddy boar was crossing the road, and I came up and I slammed on the brakes. This motherfucking pig looked dead at my car, got in a fucking attack stance, and went. <sighs> Like, real fucking huffing at me, dude, while his family walked across, and he just stood there like he was going to attack the car. I was like, that's one gutsy fucking pig right there. That is... That way, yeah, he doesn't know it's a car. He just knows his family's got to get across. Yeah, but he also knows that thing's a lot bigger and a lot louder than he is. That's one gutsy bastard. I mean, he's got to know I could kill him. I'd like to take a country cruise down this road. Oh, yeah, it's It sounds wild, like a lot man. of interesting things are happening. It's wild down there. Well, not only that, the houses are wild. Like, when you go down there, because it's a swamp, right? The people that do live out there, because there are people that live out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their houses are on stilts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. They live on, like, a balcony. Because sometimes, Absolutely. and they all have boats, because certain times of the year, 
The only way they can get from their house to the road where their car is is to take a boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. they have to take boats from their houses to the car. Yeah, that's a bayou, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's wild down there, yeah. It's crazy, boy. I'll tell you what. And I'll tell you what. You go out in the woods in Mississippi, it's wild at night and shit. It's crazy oh, as hell. Dude, these, yeah, and these, some of these motherfuckers, some of these dudes like hunt gators and snakes. Oh, I know gator. Crazy. No, no, Louisiana has gator season. Yeah. And you can hunt gator. All you eat, gators are easy to hunt. All you have to do is you take this long fucking rope, right? You tie it around a good sturdy tree. Mm-hmm. Then you take this long gigantic hook and you put a piece like raw chicken, a whole raw chicken on that hook. And you put that hook in the water, okay? And then you come back later and if a gator's on it, he'll like pull the hook down, you pull him up and he'll be thrashed around, you shoot the fucking gator in the head and pull him in the boat. Yeah, but you gotta shoot, you can't, you got, there's a real small area on the head you gotta hit. Well, yeah, but if you've got a... While you're fuck, somebody is fucking ta- <laughs> battling this gator. If you got a rifle, all you gotta do is wait till the motherfucker's thrashing and trying to get off. And he'll stick his head up, you just fucking cap his ass. Yeah. It's I mean, easy I know because the they have two eyes that stick up yeah. above their head. And you're only a few feet from the thing. I mean, it's like for me to you. I could easily hit you between the eyes with a rifle. But what I'm it. saying is the battle is the person with the rope that has to stop the gator from thrashing. Well, if we're kind, talking about yeah, a fucking, you kind of you get a 900 gator. fucking pound gator. Oh, yeah. It's not just pull up, snag it, and gap, yeah. <laughs> shoot it. Actually, you don't even really got to snag the rope most of the time because the gator can just thrash around. You just wait for your shot. The moment he pops his head up out of water, thrashing like that, you just pop. I mean, you're not going to use... The only meat that you're going to use on that fucking gator is the tail anyways. Right, right. right. So, it doesn't matter if you... right? They have to use more than that. I mean, that's the only thing I've eaten. Yeah, no. The only thing on the gator that's really... I mean, they do use... I mean, sell the rest of the gator for the skin and shit. Right. But the tail is the usable meat. I'm sure there's other meat on their legs and stuff, but it probably is so small that it wouldn't matter. But the tail is the usable meat. So... It is good. So, the thing is, it doesn't matter how many times you shoot the fucker in the head. Unless you're trying to get the head as a trophy. Oh, well, that's true. Right. You just unload. Bam, bam, bam. He can thrash all he wants. Eventually, I'm going to kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> if I put five shots in the gator's head, I don't care where you hit him. He's dead. <laughs> Fucking machine gun. <laughs> they do get pissed, though. Right. If you interrupt their sunbathing. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't matter if you shoot a gator 15 times in the head. Yeah, if you want to preserve it, like the head for a trophy or something, then, yeah, you want to shoot it only once. And then, yeah, it'd probably be complicated. But if you're just getting it for the meat and the sell the skin, hell, unload on the son of a bitch. I just feel like it'd be bop, 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 a little bit more nerve-wracking than that. You know what I mean? In the swamp, at night, wrestling Well, no, gators. you would do it during the day. Why would you go at night? You can do it during the day. That's when you see all the cool shit, though, like flying dachshunds and... Well, yeah, but that's two separate things, man. We're talking about, one, we're talking about hunting gator. The other one, you're talking about looking for cryptids. I mean, well, that's like, it's funny to me, all these ghost shows. Just just to mention it, we're way off topic now, way past what we were supposed to say. But, um, Well, actually, you know what? I will save that thought. For the next episode because we're getting really past time but um i hope you guys enjoyed it i know it's mainly about bigfoot and that's great because we're trying um 
to do one topic each time. That way we can get more extensive into each topic, and that way we're not jumping all over and everything. If any of our listeners <laughs> have any Bigfoot stories or have seen any Bigfoot, you know what I mean? Would love to hear that. Oh, yeah. Or if any of them have yeah. like came across Bigfoot's big, huge oh, yeah. cake titties. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have a That picture, would be amazing. If you have a picture of Bigfoot's big cake titties, we would like to see it, please, immediately. Anybody. I would love... I'd, I'd look. Yeah. I'd watch. Bigfoot porn is what we want to see. If you got any Bigfoot's mounting, we would... We would just love you to send us a copy. <laughs> but anyways, that's this episode. Um, the next episode will be on hauntings and uh, haunted places and ghosts and stuff like that. We got a couple uh, good things uh, for you. Um, remember, I'm excited. Yeah. Remember, leave reviews on iTunes. Um, follow us on Facebook and Spotify. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Later. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.